Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu salamu ala nabiyyana Muhammad Amma ba'd So now we're going to embark on the fourth principle And that would be none but Somebody actually ironically just asked me about refutations Because some just love refutations Refutations are part of the deen Don't be mad Don't be mad when refutations are made Refutations are a prerequisite And a way to protect the deen of Islam from uh, external deviance and external deviance. Now, some may take it to another level unnecessarily. That's a, a discussion for another day. But refutation is part and parcel of the deen. Um, but as they say, لِكُلِّ مَقَامٍ مَقَال Who can translate لِكُلِّ مَقَامٍ مَقَال It's a very important principle. Who could try to translate? Uh, let's, let's take some... Uh, uh, Arabic lessons So we have Lamb And kul Not kul eat Because that's <laughs> That's one of the meanings of kul It's a command Amr For you to eat But that's not the one we're referring to So likulli maqam Can we say likul for every Hello Maqam You know uh, Station Because you have maqam Ibrahim alayhi salam uh, Around the Kaaba Near the Kaaba Tayyib so for every station or situation, maqal from qawl. So every situation requires a particular thing to say. You cannot say all the thing, all the things all the time to anybody, right? That is that is the opposite of wisdom. Wisdom is wisdom is to put things in their right place, to say the right thing at the right time to the right recipient. If you were just to say everything that you have on your mind all the time to everybody, that's and say, I've delivered the message of Islam. That you haven't really done the job of delivering the message to Islam. So there's a way to go about things. <coughs> so there are times where you have to refute. And there are times where the refutation will bring about so much heat. Or it will be counterproductive. And it defeats the purpose of the bigger maslaha. Which is the maslaha of you delivering the fundamentals of the religion. So you, this is something that you, you gain or you figure out when you have the, the, the foundations in place. And then experience. You know, it's a matter of things that you learn with experience. As you grow older or as you mix with more people or you, you, you learn from different scholars, you see how they behave, you will get, you know, you'll get a hang of these things. The fourth principle is what may be used to refute those who commit ta'atil. Uh. Now, ta'atil, uh, you have a soft ta' and a, a, a hard ta and sometimes we struggle in being able to pronounce both of these letters in one word because you know each one requires makhraj uh, from you know and, and the, the Arabic language could be difficult in the sense that there are some some letters that are problematic uh, for the non-Arabic speakers just like for Arabs there are some English letters that are problematic should I elaborate or, or we skip Aywa. Until now, a person could learn, he will still say Pepsi. Amen? Or I want to bark. I thought we were all humans. Why do you want to bark? You mean you bark the car? Aywa. You're not going to park the car. So these things happen. Of course, the sad thing about the English language, there are so many words where the P and the B both exist in a word and they have the complete opposite, opposite meanings. Right? So, uh, you pray or you bray. 
and or you park or you bark. All of these are problematic. On the flip side, for uh, the non-Arabs or someone who didn't learn Arabic to say harf al-ha as opposed to ha is a problem. So, you know, if there's haram and there's haram. And haram is a famous uh, uh, clothing store that sells, you know, the cheaper kind of, uh, of clothing. And a lot of people go and say, I'm going to the haram uh, to buy, you know, socks. Why are you going to the haram? You mean going to the haram, which is the store. So if you're not able to pick those, then you will have an issue. Harf <laughs> al-ta is, is problematic in the sense that it's, it, it takes a lot to be pronounced. Especially when a ta comes with it. I don't know how I got there. Ta'atil. Who could think, now this is, this is a derivative of a root word. And that root word has other derivatives. If, if we don't know the root word, that's fine. Can we think of another derivative or a word that is similar from the Quran that has the same main letters? The same main letters with, you know, like in English you have prefix and suffix. So you have important, unimportant, importantly. And in Arabic you will have something along, you have the actual root word. And then you add things to it to change the meaning. It becomes, you know, it could become an adjective or an adverb or whatever. So what ayah can you think of that actually has the word ta'til in a different format? It's a very technical thing. You, you know. Oh, you're just raising your hand. Oh, you're going to guess. Okay, yeah, loves. Are you, uh, it's a great guess. <laughs> Way off. <laughs> because tutla uh, alayhim <coughs> is both ta. You see, that's why I made that long introduction about the, the ta. So tutla from tilawa. Tamam? This is not ta'til, which will sound funny. It's ta'til. So ta'til, ta, ta. Tab, what happened to the ayn? La. Oh, tamam, sah. But that's not what. <laughs> it's a good try. That's not the right answer, though. Hey, mashallah. We're getting all kinds of answers that are off. Good. Let's continue. Ah, ahsant. Repeat. Is it wa idal? Aisharu. Is there another one? Wa bi'rin? Mu'attala. Ah, tamam. So we have two. Ta'atil. Okay, in modern Arabic or what is known as MSA, <coughs> if you have a car and your car broke down, it's no longer moving, they say sayarati ma'attala. Ta'atalit sayara. Meaning my car is no longer functioning. It's dysfunctional. It doesn't work. It doesn't do the job. All right, so this is just a brief understanding. Ta'atil is when you, when, you reject, when you reject something so that it's no longer effective or apl applicable or it doesn't have any value anymore. You take away its value from it. Okay? The Mu'attila, this is the name given to those who fall into Ta'atil. So they, what they commit is Ta'atil <coughs> and therefore we call them Mu'attila. Like people fall into Tajseem, we call them Mujassima, the people who ascribe anthropomorphism to Allah or give Allah human attributes and so on and so forth are the ones who reject anything from the names of Allah anything from the names and attributes of Allah and distort the text from their literal meanings again I'm going to repeat the Mu'attila i.e. those who commit Ta'atil are the ones who reject anything from the names and attributes of Allah 
and distort, and underline the word distort, distort the texts from their literal meanings. They are also known as the ones who commit ta'wil, which is a whole other discussion, ta'wil, which is distorted interpretation. Now the term ta'wil in and of itself does not necessarily mean distorted interpretation, it actually means interpretation. The, the asal is that the word ta'wil means interpretation, evidence, Uh, Yusuf alayhi salam, bingo, huh? That's it? What is this uh, quarter of an answer, ya Sheikh? Hey, well, what happened with Yusuf? You, no one can think of an ayah that has to do with Yusuf and Ta'wil? The beginning of the surah and in the middle of the surah, more than one occasion, huh? Aywa, Ta'wil al ahadith. Was that blameworthy or praiseworthy? He was interpreting the dreams. Allah will complete his favor upon him and teach him the ta'wil of a hadith. And then later on, he was asked to do the to interpret the two men who came to him, the sahibay sijin, who asked him to do the ta'wil of the, uh, the ahlam that they had seen. And then he went and broke it down for them after he gave them the tawheed. That's besides the point. So ta'wil originally is, is fine. But when we're speaking in the context of refuting the people of deviation, ta'wil for them is they are giving a distorted meaning. It's not merely, it's not like the exegesis of explaining the ayah. It's actually trying to divert the meaning into another meaning. Okay, so it's tahrif. But again, for the purpose of explaining, it's going to be ta'wil. They call it ta'wil because to them, they're only, in, they're only interpreting. According to them, they're only doing what Yusuf was doing. According to us, they're actually changing the meaning to mean something other than the literal meaning. So it is a blameworthy ta'wil, not the standard ta'wil. The fundamental principle by which we may refute them is to say that their statements are, number one, they are in contradiction to what is literally apparent from the text. And we are very clear and straightforward about the apparentness, it's known as the apparentness of the text. The apparent meaning of the Quran and the Sunnah is what you are obliged to believe in. You are not allowed to be taking subliminal or figurative meanings if there's no evidence to support that you take the literal meaning number two they are in contradiction with the understanding of the salaf they are contradicting the understanding of the salaf how do we prove that how do we prove that they are contradicting the way of the salaf the way of the sahaba the way of the tabi'een atba'a tabi'een who who has to prove do we have to prove that uh, abu Bakr believed that the ayah Do we have to believe that Abu Bakr believed that Allah Azza wa Jal has a wajh and he has to explicitly say that? Or do they have to be, do they have to bring evidence that he said that what is meant by wajh is not what we know, it's something else? It's on them to bring this proof. Because we go by the apparent. The apparent is Quranun uh, Arabi and Mubin. It's, a, it's an Arabic Quran, so we may understand, it is clear, it is decisive. If you were to say that the Quran does not supply you with this guidance, then the, it, the Quran can no longer be as Allah described it. If they're going to open the door for every ayah, Wallahi, maybe it means this, maybe it means that. Maybe it's open for other interpretations. Maybe according to who? Do you have a Sahabi who said that? No, but what if, what if he did? 
The same thing that they tell you is, you know, some non-Muslim dies as a non-Muslim. And then, you know, the Muslims are the first people to, you know, uh, uh, RIP. Right? Everybody knows what RIP stands for? That what do we call the word RIP? <coughs> no, I know. The, the idea of uh, like RIP, MBA, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, huh? Ah, who said abbreviation? Correct, but wrong also. How is that? No, you're actually correct. It is abbreviation is used for primarily a word that is shortened. So department, they, they might put D-E-P-T dot. Apartment, they might put A-P-T. This is, this is an actual abbreviation. Uh, they also use abbreviation for an acronym, but acronym is more specific in the sense that when you get the first letter, not, you don't shorten a word, you get the first letter of multiple words and you turn those into a new word, this is an acronym. So the more specific term is acronym. So MBA, National Basketball Association, is an acronym. It's used, abbreviation is used for just casually with the people, but technically it's not. So uh, RIP stands for, as an acronym for, rest in peace. Aslan, what in the world is rest in peace? Yani when you say, is this like a dua that you make it for a disbeliever? A, a person dies upon disbelief and they say rest in peace. Is this from the Prophet ﷺ in the first place? Assuming that you want to make dua for a disbeliever. Are you going to say rest in peace? <laughs> That's extremely strange. Second of all, when you say he died uh, as a disbeliever, they say, ah, how do you know? Were you with him when he died? La wallah, I wasn't invited. What if just before he died, you know, he said, la ilaha illallah. Huh? What do you say? Wallah, good point. Tayyib, rahimahullah idhan. Ish al-kalam al-fadi yada. How are we going to live life like this? According to this, by the way, you can no longer make dua for any believer. Because what if before he died, he disbelieved in Allah? What if before he died, he said, I declare, I denounce Islam. Uh, and he died. And we're sitting there praying janazah and washing the body and all having, you know, making dua for him. And he died as a disbeliever. Do you know what if he left Islam before he died? Our religion doesn't work with this hypothesis of what if and what if. He died as an unmuslim, his affair with Allah. And to us in the dunya, we don't make dua for him. Inshallah, he's my father, my mother, my uncle, my aunt. He's the closest relative to, relative to you. You love him dearly. You're not going to love him more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah made it prohibited to make dua for them, in the explicit ayat in the Quran, Allah prohibited the Prophet ﷺ for making dua for them, then you are not, and you, neither one of us, and nobody is allowed to come and transgress in this regard. You believe in Allah and you back off. If they had an excuse, like many people might have an excuse, a person who lived in a jungle, never heard about Islam, a person that was, uh, he was not all there, you know, they were, they were <coughs> mentally, <coughs> mentally ill, we know from Hadith Al-Aswad that Allah Azza wa Jal will test them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. There will be people that will be tested on Yawm Al-Qiyamah even though Yawm Al-Qiyamah is not a place for, for, uh, uh, for examination. It's a place for compensation. But there are exceptions for individuals that never truly received the message of Islam or those who came in interval times between the, uh, between the uh, prophets where there was no prophet at their time. A shahid, there's more detail to this. But we don't go with this what if kind of business. We go by the apparent. So... What if a Sahabi said otherwise? If he said otherwise, then do you believe that Allah preserved this religion? Do you believe in the ayah, Inna nahnu wa inna lahu Yes or no? 
we, we have sent down the reminder. And the, the dhikr, by the way, is more encompassing. It encompasses the Quran and the Sunnah and everything that you need to know about Islam. And Allah preserved it. If a Sahabi said something like this, Allah would have allowed it to be conveyed to us. If Allah did not allow it to be conveyed to us, even if He said it, you're no longer responsible for it. And we don't live in this hypothesis world of what if a Sahabi said. المهم البينة على من الدعاء. The proof, the burden of of uh, the proof, the burden of the proof is upon the claimant. They're claiming that the Sahabi said otherwise. Bring me the proof. You cannot bring the proof. Then we assume that he took the literal meaning because that's what they understood. Number three. Do not have any authentic proof to support them. Very important. The people that fall into ta'wil or tahrif or we want to call them the ta'til, they don't have any authentic proof to support their position. The only proof that they have is... No. Ya reet, ya sheikh. What is the only proof that they have? The aql. Yeah. Psychology. Nice. <laughs> <coughs> it's the brain his brain accepted his brain rejected and that is absolutely insane for you to approach revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then uh, erect your brain as the decisive factor to accept or reject bearing in mind that we all agree that our IQs are not identical and there are things that we understand. Some, some people, you look at them and say, MashaAllah, how does he understand? How is this so easy for him? I will never be able to do what this brother is doing. Some people do math. You know, they have the ability to multiply numbers or add numbers so casually, so comfortably. For you, this is mission impossible. Until now, by the way, a lot of people have not memorized the table of multiplication. Maybe some of you have. Some of you haven't. Does everybody know what 7 times 7 is? MashaAllah. I ask the same question in another part of the world. I never get an answer. I never get an answer. Wallahi, maybe one out of 20 people will be able to tell me 7 times 7 is 49. We learned this in school like I learned my name. So even, you know, Allahu Alam, 50 years, you just know these, these are basics. So the, how did we get here? Here we go again. We're going to start this every single time. So when you look at certain people and you believe you yourself think they are, they are, light years ahead of you they are so much superior and they think about you something similar about another area that Allah has given you an edge in that they don't have if we all acknowledge these these differences and discrepancies between us intellectually then how in the world are we going to use our intellect to judge revelation from Allah uh, given to the Prophet we're not in a position to do that type for some attributes there may be a fourth perspective or more than that so, how to believe in the names and attributes of Allah <coughs> in the way that He prescribed? So we believe, as the, the way the scholars put it, the way Shaykh al-Islam and others, We believe in what Allah described Himself with. And what His Messenger described Him with. Then we come into the area. Without tahrif. وَمِنْ غَيْرِ تَمْثِيلِ وَمِنْ غَيْرِ تَكِيفِ وَمِنْ غَيْرِ تَعْطِيلِ And those can be rearranged and reordered depending on, on the text. But these are the four things that we will stay away from. Tahrif is distortion. Tahrif, distortion. Tamthil is resemblance from mithil to say that Allah resembles that. The quality of Allah resembles the quality of that. Takif is the 
Now, you should know that because we covered that one. Kaif. We said how. Howness. Howness is a word, by the way. I know it sounds weird. I looked it up. <coughs> it's howness. But a better word is modality. Modality, meaning the modality. And then the last one is ta'til, denial. Is the denial. Ta'til, meaning to deny the meaning, the apparent meaning of the text. Taib. <coughs> Shaykh al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah, says regarding this principle. After the writer briefly mentioned the foundations that are obligatory to have faith in, he mentions them in a detailed way and he begins with the first foundation, which is faith in Allah the Exalted. So he mentions the entering into, into it is faith in the attributes of Allah, which he described himself with in his book. Or those he was described with by his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in his sunnah. In his sunnah. So we affirm these for him as they came in the book and the sunnah with their terminology and their meanings. The terminology and their meanings. Without tahrif in the terminology or ta'til in the meaning. Because we will see how the deviants will do tahrif in the terminology. For example, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Do you know did you know that if you were to say وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا You reverse the meaning? وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا لَفْضُ الْجَلَالَ is the fa'il, the subject of the sentence مَرْفُوعِ بِالضَّمْ Therefore the subject, the doer of the action is Allah. Allah spoke to Musa directly. If you say وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهَ It becomes لَفْضُ الْجَلَالَ مَفْعُولْ بِهِ مَنْصُوب بِالْفَتْحَ and so now that, that becomes the predicate of the sentence or the object of the sentence, no longer the subject. So the verb, the action is falling on that particular object. So that's a completely dis dis distortion of the meaning. So by changing a haraka, a haraka, a diacritical sign in the book of Allah, not always, because we saw, we saw the Shaykh Zallah Khairan, he, we, he gave us another recitation in the Salatul Isha. Maybe some of you were thinking that he doesn't know what he's saying, right? I could imagine those who have not been exposed to the various qira'at might be thinking the shaykh doesn't know uh, the, the, these basic suwar. No, this is a different qira'a. There's more than one qira'a. That's a whole different discussion that has its time in, of the day. So not every change of the, the sign is a change in the meaning. But there are times where such a mistake could be, you know, could be a, a grave mistake. If you remember khutbah al-jum'ah, we said, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ This is the opposite of وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءُ And I purposely said on the member الْعُلَمَاءُ Because I wanted to highlight that here, the ulama are the subject of the sentence. لَفْضُ الْجَلَالَ is the object of the sentence. Therefore, the ones who fear Allah are the scholars. If you were to say, mistakenly, وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ no one will believe that, but that's what you're saying. So that's the importance of the Arabic language on, on, on the side. It's a very serious issue. So this is an example of tahrif. And, and actual, the, the, the deviants among the, the Jahmiya and, and their likes, <coughs> they imagine in the book of Allah, they do tahrif of the book of Allah to support their position. They don't want to give up. They don't want to believe Allah speaks. How could Allah speak to Musa directly? The idea, their minds cannot fathom. Their minds cannot fathom that Allah speaks, so they go play with the deen of Allah and with the Qur'an itself in order to justify their deviance. You see how crazy one can be?
And then we're, called, we're the people with the issue. And they are the, mashallah, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. You know, Ahlul Tuqa wal Afaf wal Madri Ish. Wallahi, Allah Musta'an. So let's, let's uh, dig deeper. So Tahrif, also known as alteration, it is the distortion and the disinclination of something from its apparent meaning. It is said he altered such and such, so he distorted it. It is of two types. The first type, which is tahrif in terminology, that's the one we discovered, is changing the word to other than its apparent meaning, either by adding a word or taking it out, or by deleting a diacritical mark, as in the statement of the people of misguidance concerning the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, the exalted, and Waja'a Rabbuka. They also play with that. If you also say Waja'a Rabbaka, then now something else is going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not the uh, Allah Azza wa Jal who's doing the action of coming on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That reminded me of, of uh, a lot of things back in the day. Um, one, of the <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest challenges is when you're, when you're focusing on a subject and then there's movement, it takes a lot of discipline for you to stick to the subject and avoid the movement. Now, not to blame the person who's making a movement because this is necessary, right? This is necessary. But if you really want to be focused, even if you see a brother walking around for whatever reason, you watching him uh, from, from the beginning of his journey till the end is absolutely useless. And you're, first of all, you're focusing on him. You're putting pressure on the brother because now he feels like it's one thing that he's forced to move. It's another thing that everybody's not watching him. And then I see I'm speaking to the walls. You know, half of the people are looking at the brother and the, the other half are wondering what's going on. So ideally, try to discipline yourself. Unless you see a brother, you know, uh, something dramatic is happening to him and you need to get involved to help him. If it's regular movement like this, he needs to take a picture, he needs to move the mic. Don't even pay attention to the person. It's easier for him and it's easier for whoever's uh, teaching. Uh, otherwise, we, get, we all get distracted. Uh, so yeah, that's just uh, an additional point. So, uh, <coughs> so they say that this is the command of your Lord. So they added the word. So they mean Pay attention. They look at other ayat and they say the ayah that says there, there's a hidden word, there's a word that is not there but is understood by context according to them from their intellect which is وَجَاءَ أَمْرُ رَبِّكَ The command of your Lord has come. Type. Does the, was Allah able to say وَجَاءَ أَمْرُ رَبِّكَ? So did Allah say that? So on what basis are you now adding a word that Allah Azza wa purposely did not add? Are you claiming that Allah Azza wa is, is, is incapable of articulating the, the divine speech through which we are guided, an attribute of the attributes of Allah, the Quran, is kalamullah, ghayru makhluq, it is not created. It comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. He spoke it to Jibreel. Jibreel heard it and conveyed it to the Prophet Ali The Prophet conveyed it to the Ummah. And now until now we have Qurra who study it by chain, going back all the way to Allah's Messenger Ali This, you're gonna tell me that there was such a, a discrepancy of this nature? This is insane. And the same thing can be said about, and Allah spoke to Musa directly, as I mentioned earlier. The second type is tahrif and meaning. <coughs> it is changing a word from its apparent meaning and its reality, and presenting the word with the meaning of another word, such as the statement, uh, Verily, the meaning of mercy is wanting reward, and the meaning of anger is wanting punishment. So when an ayah says rahmah, when the ayah speaks about rahmah, or the ayah speaks about ghadab, 
They say rahma doesn't really mean mercy. It just means that Allah wants to reward you. And ghadab does not really mean angry because to them, how can Allah be angry? You become angry. But it, to them, in their logic, it doesn't befit the majesty of Allah that he becomes angry. Therefore, they say it's not really angry. It's just that Allah wants to punish. Once again, you are inferring, you are, you are inserting certain words and certain uh, concepts that are not present in the text. And you have absolutely no support from any of the Sahaba or the Tabi'een or Ba'at Tabi'een. You are literally inventing something into the deen of Allah that was learned by Muslims who mixed with philosophers. And now you're trying to base your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this particular point. Next is Ta'til, which is known as void. Also as void. I'm giving you all the synonyms that could be used. Void language. It is used to make the word empty. That is to void. And the meaning here is to negate the attributes from Allah, the glorified and exalted. The difference between tahrif and ta'til is that tahrif negates the correct meaning without changing it. Without changing it to a different meaning. It just negates the correct meaning. But they don't give it another meaning. Uh, whereas tahrif is doing ta'til and also changing the meaning to a new meaning. So everyone who performs tahrif also performs ta'til. But not everyone who performs ta'til performs tahrif. Somebody could just negate the meaning without giving you an additional meaning. He just denies that Allah comes. But he doesn't say the command of your Lord comes. He doesn't add another thing to it. They're both uh, uh, off the, the, the manhaj, if you want to say that. They're both off track, but they have a distinction between them. Type Takif. To ask how or the modality is to distinguish the modality of the attributes. It is said one can determine the modality of something if its modality is known. So to determine the modality of the attributes of Allah is to determine their how and condition which they are upon. That is not possible for human beings because it is from the knowledge that Allah has kept for himself. Allah has kept all of these matters from ilmul ghaib that is with him exclusively. You trying to delve into this area is you basically trying to figure out what you're not meant to ever figure out. And therefore it is all in vain. It is in vain. So we as believers, we submit to the text and we believe in what Allah described himself with, what the Prophet described Allah with in the sunnah. And we do so without falling into this uh, persistence on trying to find out the modality so it is not so just as it is not possible for humankind to know the essence of Allah does anyone know the essence of Allah do we as does anyone know the essence of Allah no, we don't know we don't know no one has seen Allah Azza wa Jal. no one has seen Allah and therefore and no one has seen anything like Allah therefore this is something that is beyond our realm طيب. Tamthil is to liken Allah by saying that his attributes are like those of the creation such as saying that the hand of Allah is like our hands. Someone says the hands of Allah is like our hands. And what strengthens their deviance in this regard is that we do we have evidence that Allah has fingers? Appa. Habibi. Habibi, rejection is Reject. Don't hasten. If you don't know, Allahu alam. If someone says something, you'll be surprised. 
the actual ahadith when the when the Yahudi huh yes Sahih that Allah places the earth on one finger and the heavens on one finger this is an authentic hadith and Prophet laughed and acknowledged the statement of the the Jew from Bani Israel and we have the other hadith that in that the hearts are between two fingers of the fingers of Allah he turns them over as he wills so we say Allah has now once we say that we're going to apply the same principle regarding everything else because don't say okay I accept the hand but I don't accept the fingers it's not up to you now, you understand the same way we accept Allah has hearing and we have hearing but it's not the same Allah has vision and we have vision it's not the same Allah has an essence and we have an essence it's not the same Allah has a life and you have a life but they're not the same similarly Allah has hands and you have hands and they're not the same and fingers and fingers and they're not the same it's all the same across the board from the beginning till the end you paint it all with one brush are we on the same page so we acknowledge because we have evidences to that effect. But I wanted to say that one second. I wanted to say that just because that does not mean that you now think of your hands. You understand? Because even our hands are not the same. And our fingers are not the same. So the scholars say, Sheikh ibn Uthameer, and Sheikh al-Samtabiyah before him, if, if, the dis- <coughs> if the distinction between the humans is so vast, then what about the dist- distinction between al-Khaliq wal makhluk The creation and the creator. If within the creation you have a vast difference in, in, in realities, then what about the difference that is between the creation and the creator? It is far greater. It is far greater than that. If you, if you don't know, you remain neutral until, until you, you know more about it. So that's why we don't want to hasten because if you reject... Based on right now, maybe, maybe, may, I just assume the brother thought fingers come on. Tamam? So he's thinking fingers, no, that, that doesn't befit Allah. And accordingly, even without knowing the de- details, he said no. You see, but that you fell into right now rejecting something from the Quran and the Sunnah. So uh, ultimately, you cannot use your intellect now to decide. Those are matters from the unseen. We say, Allahu A'lam. What is the answer? The best answer in the world is Allahu A'lam. Allah knows best. Uh, tell me about the issue. You say Allahu A'lam unless you've studied the matter and you studied the books of uh, books of Aqidah and you know that the scholars have explicitly gone through everything and there's no arm involved. In which case, now based on ilm, you say there there isn't any evidence that we know about an arm, which is the case, by the way, tamam. But if if you don't know any better, then you have to remain neutral, lest you affirm what Allah negated or you negate what Allah affirmed. So we mentioned in the beginning one of the major prohibitions: wa taqulu Allahi. Don't speak about Allah without knowledge. And, there's, and the area of Aqidah, if you actually read the, the, the books of Aqidah extensively, or the books of Ibn Qayyim when he refuted the Jahmiyyah and, and, uh, and the Sawa'iq and others, uh, the, the issue is very technical. Some of the Ahadith Qudsiyah, some of the Ahadith Qudsiyah, Hadith Qudsi is a Hadith that is from Allah Azza wa Jal, but in the words of the Prophet, uh, they are, they, there's a, a book I have back home which is uh, uh, the Sahih, because there are many fabricated hadith. Many, uh, the, uh, the collection of all the authentic hadith Qudsi, you will be perplexed and surprised at what you read. Things that you maybe have never heard in your entire life as a Muslim. Certain attributes of Allah that you've never heard about. So this, this matter has actually levels. 
there's a beginner's level, there's an advanced level, and then there's a, a very advanced level where there's actually a lot of attributes that we can't really dis discuss right now just like that because you, you cannot just brush, brush it aside or you could just kind of scratch the surface and move on. No, it needs in-depth uh, breakdown. So, but once, once you understand the principles, then even when you come across them, you come across them with a sound heart and a peace of mind. Alhamdulillah. Amantu billah. You understand? So that's just the way to go about it. Tamam. Shaykh al-Sabi ibn Taymiyyah said, and they do not believe in the names of Allah and His attributes, and they do not determine their modality. They do not disbelieve, afwan. They do not disbelieve in the names of Allah and His attributes, and they do not try to determine their modality, and they do not liken Allah, Allah, uh, His attributes to the attributes of the creation. So, this, this statement of Ibn Shaykh al-Sabi ibn Taymiyyah is going to take us to uh, a very important discussion about Ilhad. Now, Ilhad is another technical term that has multiple meanings depending on context. Do you guys know what an atheist is in Arabic? Mulhid. You've heard that before? Tamam. <coughs> now, Mulhid is an accurate translation per se, but in the context of Aqidah, Ilhad is actually, uh, uh, has a different meaning. It's, it's related, but it doesn't mean to outright reject the existence of Allah. Because Allah used the term Ilhad in the Quran. Does anyone know where the term, uh, where else does that term appear in the Quran and the Sunnah? Tamam. Anything else? Tamam. Anything else? What do we have in the grave? Lahd. Have you heard of Lahd in the grave? Tamam. So this is the root word, and now we will see the, the, the connection between all of them. Ilhad is translated as disbelief or heresy in the language. The distortion and the alteration of something, and from its meaning is uh, the digging of the grave. You say, lahad, lahada al-qabr. Due to this, it is named as altering and moving from the road that is in the direction of the qibla. That's what they mean by the lahad inside the the, the grave. Heresy in the names of Allah and His signs is alteration and distortion in them from their realities and correct meanings to falsehood. When you divert from the, from, yani, the opposite of Hanif. Hanif is to divert from deviance to establish Tawheed like Ibrahim was Hanifa. Ilhad is to divert from the straight path and shift into falsehood. To, to basically drive away from goodness and fall into <coughs> falsehood. Now, Ilhad in the names and attributes of Allah is of various types. There's the linguistic one, the Ilhad in the language. And that is the distortion and alteration of something and from its meaning, oh, I'm sorry, I read that already. The first time, uh, the, the first one is naming idols by them. So this is like naming Allat. Do you know what the source of Allat? From Ilah. And Uzza from Aziz. No, they, the, the Kuffar of Quraysh, they derived, they did Ilhad of the attributes of Allah and the names of Allah and they came up with the names of their Shufa'a. Is, is that what they said? Did they consider them to be Shufa'a? وَقَالُوا هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ The disbelievers of Quraysh when they were presented with Tawheed al-Uluhiyya the Tawheed of worshipping Allah alone, their justification was, 
وي وي يو نو ولئن سالتهم من خلق السماوات والارض لا يقولون الله اف يو اس تو كفار اوف قريش هو كرييتد ذا هيفنز ان ايرث ذي ويل ساي الله طب وات ار يو دوينج وذ اللات والعزى ذي ويل تيل يو هؤلاء شفعاؤنا عند الله ذوز ار اونلي اور انترسيسز وذ الله ان انذر ايه ما نعبدهم الا ليقربونا الى الله زلفى وي اونلي ورشب ذيم سو ذي كان جيت اس كلوزر تو الله This is exactly the same thing that the Sufi is doing at the Qabr. You tell him, he says, I know la ilaha illallah. I know. I'm only seeking through, you know, the, was- the wasila, through the Prophet ﷺ, or through this sheikh, or that sheikh, or this dead man, or this living man, or whatever. It's exactly the same uh, psychology, the same ideology of the kuffar of Quraysh being relived today, repackaged with a, with a more modern packaging. But it, it's all the same. In fact, they are worse. Because as the scholars say in Sheikh Muhammad al-Ruhab rahimahullah, at least the kuffar of Quraysh, when, when they were afflicted with the calamity, they will worship Allah sincere in religion. Then when they were, you know, back in their comfort zone, they will go back to their aliyah. To the, to the, the, the Muslims, if, who, or those of those who were ascribing to Islam and who are falling into this major shirk, they are worshiping these dead people during good days and bad days. بالخير وبالشر وبكل الأحوال all day 24-7 you see these videos people bowing and prostrating and throwing flowers or doing tawaf around a, 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 a dead man in the grave he himself needs help no one knows his condition did anyone <coughs> open up and say mashallah rawda min riyal jannah barakallah fiqh has any one of these dead people they open up the grave and he saw that he was enjoying the na'im of jannah in his grave already he could be he could be burning in 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 uh, as a hadith mentions, each person in the grave is either in a pit from the pits of the fire or from a garden from the gardens of Jannah. There is no third position. There isn't anyone just chilling in the, in the dirt. This is what you and I see. You dig up a grave, you see a person, skeleton in the grave. But this is from Ilmul Ghaib, this is from the Barzakh. If you were to see what's happening to them, as you see those videos on YouTube, right? They show you that <laughs> they open up the thing and smoke started coming out. Oh, the people. All this is Hollywood, Habibi. They bring some hot water and steam and whatever, just like in Lebanon. They, uh, they got a, a, a picture of uh, the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was crying. The people were crying right from the eye for years the people would go there in amazement Allahu Akbar they were not saying Allahu Akbar <laughs> they, obviously they're kuffar so they're saying you know whatever Isa, Yasu'a, Ibn, Ibn Allah that's what they say four years later they found that somebody put a pump behind the picture you know with a battery it, every, every half an hour it squeezes a drop and the drop comes out of the eye they're sitting there fooling the people You've seen the Christians are the wildest people on earth, man. They be carrying their idols and everything, and then they drop it in the middle of the church and it breaks, and everyone's like, ah! They, they drop their God on the floor and it broke. Like, hello? Like, it didn't occur to you that <laughs> you made this like in a, in a shop, you know, with a dude that was just using the bathroom and he himself needs help, and, and you keep cleaning and maintaining those idols, and then you, you turn to them to help you when they're helpless? Now you would assume that if it were a guard, as soon as it fell, it would fly. You know, and it will say, don't worry, um, nothing's going to happen to me or something. It's, it's, it's ajib. That's why you say, alhamdulillah for Islam. Alhamdulillah for Islam. What is going on in the world? We're the only people with a brain. Or so it seems. When it comes to the matters of faith, 
You look at the other religions, you're like, seriously though? Like really that's what you believe? Like you really think you're going to meet God and go to paradise with this kind of belief? We're the only ones <coughs> who don't discriminate, believe in all the prophets, all the messengers. We believe in angels. We believe in the last day. We have a, a, the full package, alhamdulillah. Allah gave us the full package. So praise Allah for being a Muslim. A shahid and al-manat is from al-mannan. So they got the name and attribute of Allah. They did ilhad and they named it after their statues and idols who they were claiming are their intercessors and those that will get them closer to Allah. That was the first type. The second type is in ilhad is naming, uh, naming him uh, the uh, naming him the glorified and exalted with that which has not been he has not been described with. This is like the Christians who call him the father. And like the philosophers who call him reason of the cause. The reason of the cause. Like you call on Allah by or reason of the cause or the Christian's father. W what do you mean father? Aslan. What is your concept of father? And this is something that the, the Christians have been struggling with for many, many years. <laughs> this is a, a tea delivery time. Zakallah khair. This is not Uber. You guys have Uber Eats here or it's banned? Yeah. Oh, it works? No, oh, tamam. Type tamam. How do we get to Uber? <laughs> so the idea of the father, for you to allege that Allah Jalla Jalaluhu taqaddasat asma'u is your father or is a father is one of the most one of the most dangerous statements that human being can utter. Can anyone cite an ayah from the Quran that tells us about the gravity of that statement? Because it's very relevant to the season that we're in. That some Muslims are, you know, comfortable saying, you know, Merry Christmas, this, Merry Christmas, that. They get excited, mashallah, I'm a loving Muslim. And I like to show my love to all the, my non-Muslim neighbors and non-Muslim friends. So they don't run around uh, unconditionally, unwarranted, without even anyone saying Merry Christmas to them. La la, I will take the initiative myself. And I would like to send a card to all of my friends and colleagues about this uh, very holy time of the year. Ha! Allahu alam, what Islam that is? But anyways... What are some ayat that will put you in place? Shay'an. Hey, but what are the beginning of the ayat? They said the most merciful has begotten a son. Now, the ayat afterwards are absolutely petrifying. In fact, if you read the entire Quran, you will hardly find any ayat of this, of this severity. Ya shabab, shabab, yaw, yaw, ya halween. Shukran. You will hardly find any ayat of the severity. شَيْئًا شَيْئًا you, have, you have brought something monstrous. To what degree? You could say something that is a big deal. Whatever you say that's a big deal. If it's going to result in the following. Allahu Akbar. The heavens which are above us that are keeping us safe. Because if the, uh, the heaven were to open, split open, Allahu Alam, what will happen? That's Yawm Al-Qiyamah. The heavens are about to split asunder. And the earth is about to open up. And the mountains are about to fall in ruin. And because, because they alleged. Da'wah is a da'a to claim that Allah has uh, taken a son. That doesn't befit the majesty of Allah that he begets a son. 
in kullu man fi samawati wal ardi illa ati ar-rahmani abda everybody will come to Allah as a slave worth a slave inshallah you are the biggest shot in this world the biggest president with an entourage and an army when you die you're nobody when you meet Allah you're also nobody your own family will say uh, you know يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ Nobody knows anybody on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Everybody will say, who are you? Except the one that you wronged will say, come, ta'al ya captain. What did you call me? What did you call me in the dunya? And I'm innocent of that. What slander was that? Agent who? Paid by who? Ta'al. Ta'al, Anna, I need all the good deeds in the world. Wallah, I will take them one by one. Until you're saved from Jahannam. Because this is where you need to draw the line. If someone is deviant and you want to call them out for their deviance, wallahi, you have to have an evidence to substantiate it. We can just run around, call people any type of name and say, khalas, it's okay. Recklessly and, and, and carelessly. You cannot. So when you claim someone is anything, either you have a proof to stand before Allah with it or you are, you are bringing about a major oppression against yourself, not against him. Him, you did him a good deed. That's why the Salaf back then, when someone will backbite him, he'll bring him a bowl of fruit. Would you like some more? Would you like to continue? Because this is good for me. You're giving me good deeds. I need good deeds. You're giving away your good deeds uh, like, like you picked them up from the supermarket. You know, you're at the supermarket, pick it up from the shelf. Oh, this is a thousand. This is two thousand. Habibi, you, you work hard to get these good deeds. Assuming they're being accepted, you're just going to give them away for the sake of entertainment so that you could gain another, you know, two followers on, on Instagram or on TikTok or what is the other one? X. How is it called X? That's a problematic name. I will reply to you on X. Al-Muhim. So the, the claim that Allah begot a son is actually one of the most dangerous ones. This is actually a form of ilhad. Because the Christians say Allah is the father. Which is ab. And in Islam we have rabb. Allah is the rabb. The Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is in no way, shape or form our Father. The third type is describing Allah, we're almost there, is describing Allah the glorified and exalted with the deficiencies that He is free of. This is like the statements of the Jews. Huh? The Jews are famous for attributing to Allah certain attributes that don't befit His majesty and are firya uh, Allah. Uh, they're an iftira. There's a type of Allegation and lie. Who could think of a few? Yalla. MashaAllah. The, the one next to you, the... Yes. First time you raise your hand since you've come to this place, MashaAllah. But probably the last one as well. They said Allah forgets. Do you have any evidence? We addressed that yesterday. Tamam. The idea of, of lughub or ta'ab wa ma min lughub. They claim that Allah Azza wa Jal got tired after creating the heavens and the earth in six days. This is found where in the Bible? Do you know? Not important. Al-Muhim. They, uh, they, they claim this is one of, the, one of the accusations of the Jews against Allah. Tfaddal uh, Ustad. Oh, you're, but that's the Christians. The Jews don't. The Jews even rejected Jesus Aslan. So no, we're talking about the Jews specifically. And by the way, these are references from the Quran. We don't care about the Bible now. From the Quran. Uh, I don't want new hands, new faces, new new people. Bring other people from the Masjid, from outside the Masjid. Bring them in. You can't trick me like that. Tfaddal. <laughs> 
لا انت ايوه انت حبيبي لك يو يا اخي فولينج يو ليج يس ما شاء الله عليك يو ريد ات فروم هير طيب ذا جوز سيد يا اخي ذيس جوز لا حول ولا قوه الا بالله They said ان الله فقير ونحن اغنياء They said الله is poor and we are rich يا رجل يا رجل وما بكم من نعمه فمن الله There isn't a single bounty that accepted from Allah وانت عدوا نعمه الله لا تحصوها You will never be able to enumerate What are you talking about Why did they say that Does anyone know the context of this ayah Hey Now, doesn't Allah say, "Man, the one who gives Allah who will give Allah a good loan"? So they said, "Oh, your Lord is asking for money, asking for loan. So Allah is poor and we are rich." See how you play? You see how mockery of the deen of Allah leads to heresy and disbelief. Some Muslims, by the way, comedians do the same thing. They take those matters into a joke. This is a matter that is not to be joked about. Tamam. What else did they say about Allah? Tabi Allah. Hey, they said the hand of Allah is tied up. What did Allah say? As we mentioned, they were cursed with what they said and their hands are the ones that tied up. That's why there's a joke. They say, if you want to kill uh, a Jew, uh, <laughs> not, not, wait, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's a joke. If you're on a freeway, you just throw a penny out the car and somebody will risk his life to get that penny. They're known for being a little miserly. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to kill anybody. We don't promote uh, terrorism and killing innocent civilians. G genuinely, wallah, that, that's not a joke. In Islam, you're not allowed. You are not allowed to be doing what a lot of Muslims do in the name of supposedly Islam, which is go get on a train, kill everybody on the train, go into a building, kill everybody in the building. Ishhada. The damage they have done to, to, to the da'wah, by the way, is irreparable, wallah. Until now, we're still suffering from these acts of terrorism that were done in the name of Islam that have done absolutely no good for us. Neither the people they killed became Muslim because they killed them. And nor did we who survived were able now to live a normal life because of all this pressure that were put under us. And there's nothing in the Quran and the Sunnah that even allows that in any way, shape or form. In Islam, you're not even allowed to chop a tree or burn a house. Or kill a, 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 a devout uh, Christian who's, you know, who's, who's secluded in his worship. Or you're not allowed to touch women or children. We have all these criteria in Islam. Where are those applied when these uh, terrorists go about you know, ISIS and their likes doing their work? They, they don't care. They begin with the Muslims aslan. You know, the first target for them is the Muslims. So they said, Yadullahi maghlula. And uh, obviously they turn out to be <coughs> in that predicament. The fourth one is resembling his attributes to the attributes of the creation. This is like the statement of the anthropomorphist who says, his hand is like my hand. There are some people, very, uh, it's a minority, but some people will say, well, the hand of Allah is like our hands. And, we don't believe that. And this is from the Ilhad and the Ayat of Allah. And this is why one day, the Ashaira and the Mu'tazila uh, and the Jahmiya and the likes, when they accuse us of being mujassima, those who attribute body parts in that sense to Allah or anthropomorphism to Allah, this is the evidence that we don't. We actually refuse the idea of tamthil and tajbi, someone to say Allah is like this or Allah is like that. 
All we're doing is affirming what the Quran said according to their prayer meaning, and we don't go into all of the any of these intricacies. How is that a problem? How is that deviance? How is that not what the Prophet ﷺ taught? That's exactly what the Prophet ﷺ taught. When he spoke to the Sahaba, when he when the slave girl, and I will conclude with that, when the slave girl came, uh, you all know the story of the slave girl in Sahih Muslim. Hey, Muawiyah ibn Abil Hakam, I believe, he had a slave girl, she was looking after a sheep. One of the sheep was uh, eaten by a wolf. He became angry. He slapped her. Tamam? Is he allowed to slap a slave girl? No. This is a Sahabi, a virtual Sahabi. Does he just ignore his violation or does he do something about it? Does he repent? He repent. Wants to fix it. He went to the Prophet Sallallahu said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, I'm a man. I became, become angry. You know, this is what happened. So he wants now uh, expiation for this violation. He wants a solution for what he did. The Prophet Sallallahu will tell him what he needs to do. He said, bring her to me, bring her to me. And he went and brought the slave girl. Slave girl who was out there, a shepherd. Her job was to be a shepherd. Didn't go to Medina University, didn't go to Al-Azhar, didn't go to Darul Ulum and Dioband, didn't go anywhere, right? Wasn't wearing a turban, nothing. Just a slave girl out there with the sheep. No universities, no formal schooling, no primary school, nothing. No kindergarten, nothing. And Prophet asked her about the shahada. But not in, the, not in the traditional way of the shahada. He asked her the shahada in a way that is related to aqidah. So he said, Ain Allah? Where is Allah? فأشارت, so she pointed with a finger. Sama. In the state of transcendence. Because sama from sumu, that which is above. Man ana, who am I? Qalat anta Rasulullah. She said, you are the messenger of Allah. So those two are equal to Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. One of the manifestations of the shahada of la ilaha illallah is you asking where is Allah and you affirming that Allah is above the creation. He said, a'tiqha fa'innaha mu'mina. Emancipate her for she is a believer. This hadith is a Muslim, the ashairah go crazy. They wish they can remove it from Sahih Muslim so they don't have to deal with it. And if you listen to their justifications and how they try to work around this hadith, you will have a comedy show for free. 45 minutes of pure laughter at them trying to weasel their way. But what is intended this with the hadith? The hadith is da'if. They, they, they can't, they can't, <laughs> they can't wrap their head around it because it's, it's, Right in their face. Of course, we could tell them the hadith of Zainab bin Jahash, who said that to, to, used to tease the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, said, All of you were given a marriage by your parents. I was given in marriage to the Messenger of Allah by Allah min fawqi sab'i samawat from above the seven heavens. And hadith is a Bukhari. Allah gave me in marriage. What are you going to do with that? This is a Sahabiyyah, a wife of the Messenger of Allah, Umm al Mu'mineen, a mother of the believer, saying Allah is above the seven heavens. They come and tell you now, no, no direction for Allah. A'udhu billah. Allah, laysa huna, wa laysa hunak, wa laysa fawq, wa laysa tahat. Kullu negate, negate, negate. What are you worshipping? There's nothing left, Aslan. This is philosophy. This is you now doing ilhad. And rejecting clear Quran and clear Sunnah because some Maulana back in the day after he had 16 of these teas uh, it hit his brain hard and said, La, I don't believe. And then now everybody writes a book, Maulana, this is what you believe? Uh, tayyib, inshallah, Maulana, we will share this all over the world. And until now, we're suffering from the consequences of these uh, funny people that messed up our religion.
They keep coming back in different forms, in different shapes, in different sizes, different accents. <laughs> everybody knows what I'm referring to. Tayyib. Uh, well, not everybody. Some of you knows. So that, Naam, you have an objection, Your Honor. If it says in the heavens, in the heavens, it does not mean that the heavens encompass Allah Azza wa Jal. It is a possible correct translation. And the word fee, by the way, in the Arabic language also means a'la. Because in the Quran, Fir'aun said, I will crucify you, if you go technical, in the, palm, the trunks of the palm tree. But everybody knows that you get crucified on and not fee. So the term a'la wa fee are used interchangeably. There are many, many ways to answer that. The, the more detailed answer is in the uh, Sharh. Again, I urge all of you. This is, this is uh, a summarized version of a very lengthy, intricate, detailed discussion. The playlist is on One Way to Paradise, uh, youtube.com slash One Way to Paradise, and the entire book is covered from cover to cover. كيف الحال? طيب ماشي. If you insist, I agree. The whole book is covered from cover to cover, so... The, a lot of those are, are dealt with in, in detail. So with this, inshallah, we actually concluded the book, or at least the section that I wanted to present to you. Now, the second part will be where what you thought was an interrogation right now was just us, you know, just being funny with each other. Moving forward, inshallah, you'll be put on a spot and you'll be asked some hard questions and I will refuse to answer until somebody gives me an answer from the crowd. So we might not be able to move forward unless you guys figure it out. Go do some research, call another sheikh, <laughs> call the imam of the masjid behind and please give us the answer so we can get over it or maybe we'll be nice and we'll, we'll let us get. But I really want us to uh, engage and exert ourselves. So I took more than uh, time uh, allocated. I can't wait to hear Sheikh Muhammad. So Zakum la khairan, subhanakallahu bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa atubu laik.